Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? I'm here. Let's do it. Okay. You gonna you gonna put in your video? Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> My dog may be snoring. My dog might make the show with this snoring he's got going on. Oh, well that sounds Good. I'm hoping my audio will be better though, because I'm not, I don't have the gain dialed up and I'm trying to bring it down a little bit so I don't pop as much, you know, try not to pop you're, as much. You're talking, you're talking weird. Why, why can't I just be like a, <laughs> you're talking like it's an after hours program. Oh, is it like an after hours vibe that's going on? Yeah. You're like, well, I'm trying to game, do the show. I got the gain turned down. I'm trying to. I'm trying to Dog do the show sleeping. more often when I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the dad who stepped up, you know, I'm not the step. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying not to show up, dad. show up when you're supposed to show up, you know? So this is when we're doing it. We're going to do it. We've got topics to talk about. Um, it's just not going to be like, I'm not going to be up for this one, you know? It's going to be a more mellow vibe, I think. <laughs> you sure about that? I feel like you could get a I feel like you get a second wind here. Well, I mean, yeah, hopefully we'll get to a segment where that happens, right? You'll probably do something to like make me mad. Right? I will. Yeah, you're that's probably your plan to get a rise out of you. To get a rise out of me. I hate that people do that. Right? You, you hate it when people yank your chain. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't I, appreciate folks people, grind, grinding your gears. People don't get it, but like I don't really try to get a rise out of people. Right? No. It's just... I feel that we live in a society <laughs> where... People do not like learning things, right? Or finding things yeah. out that are unpleasant for their worldview, right? Hmm. Yeah, so, that's so true. Pe so people log on the internet and they say stuff that ain't true, right? And when I see something that's not true, I'm like, eh, nope, hey, that's not true. <laughs> You know, that's just not true right. what you're saying. Yeah. Ideally, they would be like, oh, that's interesting. You know? Right? Seems like what I was saying is bullshit. And the other thing is uh, also people, they say things and they don't really believe them. Right? Like, people don't really believe that Cuba has cured lung cancer. Right? Is that your dog? It's my lunch. That was, that was your stomach. It's my lunch working its way down. Yeah, We're down or out? That was <laughs> going really from the loud, esophagus man. to the stomach. Okay, like, we're probably in the go ahead into the intestines right now, and so it made a little gurgly sound. Okay. Okay. My dog is also snoring um, in the background. Maybe that's what you hear. 
it's uh it's it's quite an audio sensation here but i had like a so that kind of sound maybe stomachs make noises you know it's it's awkward um funny sometimes we can't control them i think that's why it's funny is because you know it highlights how we're just like dumb meat bags that can't control most of our bodily functions i also think that you're like oh it's just gurgling you know whatever like when my colon makes a sound I know that there's trouble afoot. (laughs) (laughs) That's an old uh, sailor's uh, saying. With the cold, like when when you know the sound came from down there, you know, uh uh-oh, right? (laughs) But when, when the sound is up by your stomach, your intestines and whatnot, oftentimes it means nothing. Right, it's just your stomach doing doing its thing. So Maybe, we were talking. It might about, mean you're hungry. So right. like your thoughts turned like, "Am I hungry right now?" Mm-hmm. And usually, you can figure out if you're hungry or not. Are we done with people not telling the truth? Is that have we moved? Are we circling back to that one? Well, you know, like are we on Cuba, stomachs now? Cuba has cured lung cancer. Right? No one thinks that in like a literal sense. I see, I don't I mean that's that's like fringe stuff, right? Like I don't think I, I saw people saying that. I've seen it many times. I mean like there's not like big, you know, known people who 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 are like pushing that, right? I mean, Michael Tracy maybe, I don't know. Like he wouldn't believe that Jimmy Dore might believe that. Okay. Um, like in terms of the types of people who might believe that mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson, I bet you he believes that. Um, yeah, he'd probably like to meet the doctor who cured lung cancer down there. But people post it online. Right. And you're like, look into his eye really sincerely. And you're like, you don't really believe that. <laughs> You don't think that, like, you know, no one's dying of lung cancer in Cuba, right? Mm. Like, if that were the case, you could you could get it here, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> the American government would love to not have any lung cancer deaths, right? I don't know what they think. I mean, that's so, that's such a crazy thought. But why do they say it if they don't believe it? Like, it feels good. So it feels it's, good it's to gratifying say it. because the, the phraseology they're using, they know that can't be true. Right? I think in the minds of almost all of them, they know that there's some Cuban lung cancer drug, which is promising, right? Yeah. And then then it becomes, you know, you want to overstate it to make the U.S. sound bad. So you say Cuba cured lung cancer and they won't let us have the cure, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you get pushback on it, you know, it's not like, you know, 
my favorite thing that happens when people like push back when I when I bring this up on Twitter is like people will show up in my replies and be like, no one's saying that. Right. Yeah. But then they'll do that like after 10 people have said it. Hmm. In your replies. But yeah, we can move on to another topic. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Welcome to Centrist Madness. We've got a heck of an episode for you today. We've got lots of topics. I have so many topics. I've learned a lot of stuff this week. Oh, good. Uh, what have you learned? What have I learned? Yeah. So in Germany, people will order lard, right? Okay. And they order lard. It's like something on the side, like butter, right? Okay. And on the menu, it describes it as a tub of lard. Wow. And the literal translation of the German words are tub of lard. Yeah. And like the tub of lard is like the size of a... Like a small ramekin, mm -hmm. right? It's a ramekin-sized thing. So it's not that yeah. much lard, really. Okay. It's much less than like I mean, a gravy boat. Need, yeah, right. But when we say someone is a tub of lard, we're always saying they're like gigantic, like a huge dude, really overweight. Right? Well, we're thinking like, that's because we don't serve lard in tiny little weird German tubs. We think of the tub of lard is like a bathtub, right? I don't know if it's a bathtub, but it's a tub, you know? Like I mean, it's, like it's one of those big. tubs at Home Depot? Yeah. That's like big enough that you could sit inside it? Like an oil barrel or something. An oil barrel? Sure. Yeah. Or a barrel. A barrel. Are oil barrels big barrels? Good size barrel, yeah. So, like, if like the Three Stooges were briefly homeless, and they were like wearing uh, barrels for suits, mm, you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't wear an oil barrel. It's too right? big. Or was well, it too small? Heavy. I mean, I mean, I guess like back then they made them out of wood or whatever. Maybe uh -huh. I don't know. When were the Three Stooges made? <laughs> well, I feel like the Three Stooges were really peaking in the 30s and 40s. Maybe okay. 40s straight up. That was right around when they transitioned to metal oil barrels. Was it? Yeah. Well, eventually right you had to do that, right? 30s or 40s, yeah. I mean, wooden barrels of oil, that's a crazy idea right there. Well, I mean, they didn't have... <laughs> They didn't have metal back then. So. I probably would want to line it with something. They had rubber. No, you 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 put it in the wood, but then you gotta like you get like tar or something, and you, and you like water seal it. Uh huh. There you go. That's what I imagine. I mean, you you get like a metal rim around it or whatever. Mm -hmm. We used to use tar like way more often for things. Yeah. Like just tar that up. Mm hmm. I guess tar used to be cheap. Well, 
they didn't have anything else. But it used to be cheap we as well, a, right? So uh, you know, I don't think that's why we stopped using tar. Is like it's too expensive now. In Biden's economy, nobody did can afford tar. Did you used to be tar. able to just go buy tar? You still can, man. They have I'm tar sure. at yeah. like Home Depot. Yeah, they have tar at Home Depot. You you can get it in a tub. A tub. Tub of tar. You get a ramekin. Um, <laughs> whatever you want, man. I don't know. I mean, I guess you can buy tar at Home Depot. <laughs> you had an idea for a restaurant in Home Depot. I thought it was kind of provocative. Me? Yeah. Well, the people came out of the woodwork to point out that there are Home Depots that have hot dog stands. And taco trucks, right? Are the taco trucks outside? You would think, right? I, my understanding is the hot dog stand is inside. Oh, okay. Well, first off, why do you need a restaurant in Home Depot? Well, I mean, let's let's concede the point that other people have this, had the same idea, right? So I'm not crazy because they <laughs> did. <laughs> I concede the point because they do have, and I've gone to Ace Hardware. Hot dog is a hot dog stand a restaurant? Well, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Okay, so. Would they have, they have the hot dog stand there because someone else was in a Home Depot and was like, wait a second, you know, I kind of want to grab a bite here. Mm -hmm. The other thing about Home Depot is it's always like the biggest fucking footprint, right? Yeah. Like Home Depots are huge. That's true. And there's so much space there for a little hot dog stand. Mm -hmm. And people get hungry there and they buy it and it's profitable. I mean, we all know about Bed Bath & Beyond and the container store and how they sell what do candy. We know about at, them? They, sell, oh, they candy sell candy okay. at the register, like in a crazy amount of candy. Yeah. Right? That's because people go there and they want to nosh. Because they're walking so much. I don't know. Burn I don't know the logic of it. It's like those stores are Ikea, candy. You got the meatballs. Best Buy. Best Buy really rams candy down your throat at the end too. Wasn't there like Fry's Electronics or something? Or well, there's some electronics store that sold fries, right? Or, <laughs> well, I assume it would be Fry's Electronics. Or someone. Did. I don't know if I'm I'm confusing these, or maybe it was chips, something like that. Some kind of electronics store junk food thing. Okay. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking a sit-down restaurant in the Home Depot because you get the ambiance of the Home Depot. Mm, that, that uh, yeah. Wood I mean, chip, I've uh, been to a Target before decor. where there was a McDonald's in there. Mm -hmm. Like you could sit down at the McDonald's and eat your burger. Sure. In Walmart. the Target, right? Yeah. So those exist. Okay, but you're still not really selling it from first principles here. First principles? Yeah, it's more just like, well, other people have thought about it. Ah, and okay, it's so not that crazy, I just, I just but, wanted to establish that I'm not crazy. Okay. Well, people I think eat the candy thing. I think the candy that thing are is located weird. in different places. The candy thing is weird. Like I, I don't. I'm never tempted by the candy. 
But okay, forget the get first principles, Matt. Like, why should there be a restaurant in Home Depot? It's like you go to Home Depot, time gets away from you, right? It turns into an all afternoon occasion a yeah. lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Home Depot to me is like mm-hmm. the most exhausting place. Really? Yeah. Like you, the amount of distance it takes you to get to the screws, right? <laughs> like you need two yeah. things, right? And one mm-hmm. is the screws, right? So you got to go then, way out there. And then the screwdriver is opposite side of the store. I don't know that. but that, They probably have that under control. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, I need a board and some screws. The board and the screws aren't. Yeah, you're going to do some walking for sure. The board place is like its own store. Mm -hmm. That's how far away these things are. And then there's like the paint area, Mm -hmm. right? The paint area always seems to have an interesting vibe, right? Like the the, the paint area employees are like way downshifted in terms of tempo from the other employees. They're other more chill. Yeah, and like... They have more curiosity about the product they're selling and eagerness to help you find the right color. That's true. The customer service does seem better in paint. Right. Yeah. Customer service is not great in Hope Depot. No, they're there. Not really. I feel like it used to be better. Lots of times they're standing together and talking to each other. And it seems like they don't want you to ask them anything. <laughs> they definitely don't. Mm-hmm. When you ask someone for help at Home Depot, it's like they don't work there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're just kind of like, oh, uh, well, I don't know. Like, I guess you could try L7. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. They're like, Kind of trying to be helpful, but just not um, committed to it at all. I feel like I feel like they should help you more at Home Depot than at other places. It's like it used it used to be like that. Like it used to be like they hired people who were like you know Bob Vila amateur guys who like built stuff and whatever, and. Um, but then I don't know, economics changed and, and now it's just like you know, retail they probably don't pay as I mean, much. I go to Ace Hardware and it's so much smaller. Hmm. And I feel like the smallness allows for more of that. Right? Yeah. They're more helpful there. Because they're not right. stocking as much shit all day. No walking around as much. Right. Ace Hardware. They've got a popcorn machine. Oh, okay. And the popcorn is free. It's a very cheap restaurant. Mm -hmm. But popcorn's free. Sometimes I'll go there and I'll get something. And they offer me popcorn at the end. And I say no. And I always feel bad about it. Why? Well, they put the effort in to get popcorn popcorn. going. Right? Yeah. Okay. What would you rather go to, uh, Ace Hardware or Home Depot with like a banging ass restaurant? 
Oh, if Home Depot had a restaurant, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I'd be all yeah. over it. I think I could see like a really good Mexican restaurant in Home Depot. Just with, you know, everyone goes there for the enchiladas. You see like, you know, local politicians there. I think Mexican restaurant is a good call. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, not um, rocket science exactly. No, it is. Like picking the kind of restaurant is important. Well, I think we know why a Mexican restaurant would be a good call, right, Matt? Home Depot. I think there's some reasons why that might be a good kind of restaurant. Not Chinese so much, no. Mm -mm. Not. Indian. I don't know, but it feels right. Well, Indian. You have a big Indian meal, you're not going to be wanting to do any home repairs. Right? Okay. Think about the people you see at Home Depot. What sort of demographic does anything stand out to you? They're usually American. Try <laughs> All right. Boards. I see lots of boards. People buying boards. Big old. Oh, oh, oh. There's usually people in the plant section. I feel like the people in the plant section are usually middle-aged white people looking at plants. And welcome to Centrist Madness. we got a great show today. Our first topic. What? What's up? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm scared. You're scared Can we do now? this already? Yeah, but, you know, I, I just, you know, maybe a fresh start. Just try it again. Take it from the top. You, you want to talk about this guy? You're crazy for thinking it takes... My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. I now get 21 days a week. Stack that up over a month, I'm going to kick your butt. Stack it up over a year, you're toast. Stack it up over five years, my entire life is different than it would have been otherwise. So, like, I haven't watched the full interview. Right. But I understand yeah. what he means. Right. Um, he called six hour increments of time days and now he has more of them and is going to kick my ass. <laughs> is, that, is that basically it? No, no. <laughs> what? Enlighten me. He has divided his day into three separate days, right? Day one, day two, and day three. And each day has its own day process. Yeah. And then sleep. 
What is a day? A day is you wake up, you drink some coffee, you poop, right? <laughs> He's doing that three times a day. Then, then He's you, doing it once a day, but every then, then you have a choice. Then the choices start. You could work out then, or you could just go to work. Then after work, if you haven't worked out yet, you need to work out. Then you eat dinner. That's the end of your day. Dinner is the end of the day? Well, you chill out, watch some TV, right? That's your day. Wow. What if you did that process three times? I mean... You would be pooping. <laughs> well, pooping three times a day Enormous. is no big deal, right? Three, three, drinking coffee three times. So let's say you wake dinners. up at 6 a.m. This is right? chaos. What are you talking about? You wake up at 6 a.m., you shit, you drink your coffee. <laughs> now you're shitting before the coffee? You go, you go work out for a third as long. Okay. Then you go work for a third as long. Okay. Then you downshift, relax, eat a meal that's one third as big, chill out, watch some TV. Boom, you're waking up again. You're drinking coffee. You're shitting. (laughs) 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 And if you did this process, maybe you'd be more productive. If you stack that up, that's when you start getting the real games is when you stack that up. Oh, I know. I think he's selling himself short. He's selling himself short. Like it would really just take two days before he starts kicking my ass. Right. It's true. Uh, Like a year, five years. I mean, his life will be completely different. That I agree with. Yeah. But like, maybe this is, you see what I'm saying? Like sort, you know how Salvador Dali never went to sleep; he would just pass out. Uh, no. So, like, he would paint like all day, mm-hmm. and then like he would paint with one hand, and then like hold a metal spoon in the other hand, mm-hmm. and he would dangle the spoon yeah. over like a plate. Right. And if he fell asleep, the spoon would hit the plate, and he'd wake up. That's all. That's just how he lived. Yeah. So his life was just an endless series of passing out. And that worked for him. Hmm. Right? Okay. Like things worked out for Salvador Dali. Right? Yeah. Do you Some think people that say Dali. Is it, it Dali or Dali? Dali. 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 Is it? There's an accent in there, right? It's not Dali. Like is it, Dolly isn't Parton? the accent on the I? Dali. 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 Yeah. Dali sounds better. So, um, Republican debate coming up. Siri, how do you pronounce Salvador Dali? She doesn't know. Shut up. Siri, how do you pronounce Salvador Dali? She sent me like links. Mm. Yeah, fuck that. What's more interesting, if Trump shows or if he doesn't show? Well, he's not going to show up, right? Probably not. 
I mean, but I feel like he won't, but I don't know. He's kind of left it open. I mean, if he shows up, apparently he's made them like prepare for the last second eventuality that he does show up. I feel like if he shows up, it's going That's to be a showman move, right? Yeah, I feel like showing up is actually probably optimal. I feel like if you show up at the very last minute, everyone's caught off balance, right? It's all about you. It's the most interesting thing. And I also think like the other candidates are going to be like, wow, thanks for showing up. They're going to be like falling over themselves to praise him for showing up. And they're going to also, there's going to be like a lot of moments where they say like things that make people applaud Trump, (laughs) you know? Um, but you know, I think, I think he's not going to do that because Tucker Carlson is booked and, um, you know, that's true. It's they're too down the road, but, um, yeah, I kind of forgot that (laughs) we're going to have a debate again. It's been so long since we've had a Republican debate. And there's there's nothing like a Republican presidential debate, you know. Um, I think I've watched every one, every Republican debate for like the past uh, fifteen years. years, fifteen years. Okay. Um, the ones in two thousand and eight, everyone forgets them because, uh, like, Romney was actually in good shape to win, and the debates just like destroyed him Mm -hmm. and it was very much a everyone gangs up on Romney thing Um, and like it's interesting to me that that has sort of died right they don't the idea of ganging up on one candidate now seems crazy like they would never Mm, do it no the idea of ganging up on Trump seems crazy (laughs) I just think right. that the the Republican It's not de- like they're philosophically opposed to dogpiling the leading candidate. It's just because Trump Yeah, I going- just think they're stuck that way though. Like um Right, but if, if Trump got shot um and DeSantis was in the lead, everyone would gang up on DeSantis immediately. DeSantis? DeSantis DeSantis DeSantis. DeSantis. I've been working on my I've been working on my uh DeSantis uh impersonation. Uh it's tough actually. Cause cause he it's it's Good morning. I bring greetings from the great state of Florida. Not far away. Not far away. It's very it's very like normal. It's it's the most annoying you can be without being like <laughs> that unusual like it's like a kind of run-of-the-mill voice not a strong accent but just like rage inducing you know it's just a certain amount of femi right like it's effeminate florida is where woke goes to die (laughs) right (laughs) we fight the woke here in florida we are woke warriors. 
We were always battling the SJWs. <laughs> Bad, dude. <laughs> and that's the what shit he says, that? right? And there's a disconnect there, right? <laughs> like he sounds like a cuck lib, right? Like he should be running for like mayor of Seattle or something, right? But he's running for president as like a far right demagogue, yeah. And that disconnect, and boy, oh boy, like man. I can't see how he wins this campaign. Yeah. Like he's he's legitimately behind Ramaswamy now. Right? Wow. And I'm trying to the think like might take this all the way, man. <laughs> who oh, who's who would you pick number 2 if it wasn't Trump? Oh, you mean to bet on? Yeah. What do you got? I mean, so that's, Chris so that's actually, win. I've been thinking about it. Like, so DeSantis has all these problems, right. That have yeah. made him, you know, I guess pretty clearly lose to Trump unless something very unusual happens. Um, if Trump was removed from the race, could he like rebuild himself as the only truly, MAGA type person in that mix. I think he probably would have a chance to do that. And if like, for example, if Trump had decided just not to run, I think DeSantis would be winning the nomination. Hmm. But I feel like it's too late. Trump is in I too deep Ramos to the campaign. To take it, man. And in the scenario where in, in the unpredictable scenarios where Trump drops out of the race, I think we're into an unpredictable place where we can't say who would win. Like, you know, would Trump be running third party in that situation? Um, you know, what what does the Republican Party look like in a scenario where Donald Trump is forced to drop out? They might like, I, mean, I really think... Just- like if he dies, pretty I, much. I'm really telling you guys, Perry Johnson, get ready. He's gonna he's gonna light it up out there. Perry who's Perry Johnson. I you know I don't know if he has. Who is that? You know he his campaign is acting like he's met the threshold to be in the campaign. There's only one Perry Johnson though, and he's gonna give Trump voters what they want. American entrepreneur. <laughs> Businessman. He's like the Herman Cain of this cycle. And he's wild and, you know, probably has a drug problem. And I think people will look, this is what people want, right? This is what Republicans want. It's a crazy guy. (laughs) Yeah, they want a crazy person, right? Shake things up. Exactly. Exactly. And he, you know, the crazy businessman archetype has done very well in Republican politics. Mm. Yeah. 
better than the uh, same old politicians, you know? We need a business guy who can apply business thinking to government. I mean, Herman Cain, he was in great position. And then it, it turned out he was too horny. Like he had some horny scandals, right? That was his problem? He was too horny? Yeah, he had some like sexual harassment or... Oh, shuggy-ducky. And like, I think because he was black, that means your campaign is over as a Republican. Well, it was a different era back then, too. <laughs> yeah, four years. Four, <laughs> 2012 was so different from 2016. Yeah. Um, it's true. Like. I mean, Trump, Trump changed the political landscape, right? Like, things are now acceptable that weren't acceptable. Things that used to matter now do not matter. But some, something about like 2014, people started losing their minds. And, you know, Trump himself is one of these people who lost their mind. In 2014? Um, I mean, no, it was happening earlier than that. But like after Obama got reelected, you started to see a greater derangement from people. Independent of Trump, I think. Yeah, so you had the Tea Party. Like, whatever the fuck that was. Taxed enough already. Cut these taxes. Right? Hmm. People wearing, like, tri-corner hats and shit. Yeah, it seems almost quaint now. It's totally quaint. And, like, holding up tea bags at the outside the fucking White House. Right. <laughs> and... I don't know. Something happened and, you know, Trump himself started getting crazier. And I think it was just, I think people, I think lots of Republicans were sure that Obama would not get reelected. Hmm. They like really believed that um, Obama's presidency was so disastrous that surely Romney would win. Hmm. And then when he didn't, <clears throat> I think they lost their minds a little. And I, in retrospect, I think I underrated the impact on our nation of having a black president and what it would mean to racist people to live through eight years of a black president. I kind of thought that they would just like, I don't know, wall off that period you know, and just go back to being racist like they were before. Hmm. But instead, I think we've got people got more racist, right? Mm-hmm. The Republican Party is more, more racist, racist now than yeah. The part of yeah, it's just it is like, <laughs> and the racism is like more openly um, eugenicist, and um, and obviously Ferguson had a part in all that, right? Um, mm-hmm. but I think the things are all tied together, which is just Obama was president. Yeah, I think it's Obama. I think it, I think it was wokeness as well. Yeah. You think it was wokeness? I do. I think it, I mean, like that's what DeSantis runs on, right? Like he's clearly, they're clearly reacting to something. Right. Um, and I think what it was is like, there used to be this idea of like political correctness that was always like, you know, kind of bullshit. Political correctness. Kind of, so, okay. I'll give you this. You know, I'm trying to rope you back in from, you know, 
whatever intellectual dark web thing it is that you're hooked on. Oh, whatever. But political correctness was much more fictitious than wokeness was. Political correctness was basically nonsense, right? Like yeah. There was never any institutional or, um, you know, top-down thing where people were like, you need to start using words this way. It was mostly just like, hey, <laughs> you know, we don't use those words to talk about people in public anymore. Like, you, s- stop it with the slurs, <laughs> right? You can't do slurs would, anymore. Yeah, it just sounded it just sounded good, you know, to be like, oh, yeah, people are trying to conform to this, you know, idea of like what you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. Like, fuck that. You and know? The, the whole phrase, like, like, politically oh. correct, I don't even know where that came from. And, like, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Like, did someone say it once in seriousness, or was it always a phrase that was, you know, cynical? I mean, it was always, like, uh, ironic, right? Or... um it was always being used ironically to Yeah, to I guess. Deride. But like if you think about it, it just in terms of the phrase itself, it kind of doesn't make sense. Politically correct? Like you mean the things in like a political campaign that you're supposed to say? Or politically correct in more of a yeah, to, holistic in order way, to, like in order to advance in political life, um, there's a certain set of correct you know, opinions that you have to, uh, bow to, uh, to make it. Yeah. You can't. Right. And, you know, thinking back on it, it's like we had, we had like pushback on political correctness in these ways that seem that were bad, I guess, overall, but in retrospect seemed kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Like, like Morton Downey Jr. You know, like he was pushing back on political correctness by having like screaming matches with, you know, lesbians or whatever, right? But it was like professional wrestling or whatever. Like it was hard to get that upset about it. And now we have like a pushback on political correctness that is people like Tucker Carlson, where everything is very serious. And the way they're doing it is race science and conspiracy theories and you know, outright hatred, you know, in a way that you probably couldn't see outside of like the 700 club. Yeah. Um, But it is true that like, you know, people are, there are people who make it their vocation to be as woke as possible. And that wasn't really the case in the nineties, right? Well, I mean, like imagine if political correctness actually was an ideological movement that was kind of dumb and, you know, kind of um, limiting in terms of like discourse. Um, What effect would that have? You know, like, could that create a counter reaction? Like, no, absolutely not. Of course not. Like, for some reason, there's, we can never acknowledge that there's, uh, you know, any effect uh, any mm, political effect of like, you know, critical race theory or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I do think it's um, true though, that 
you know, I've been thinking a lot lately, and I know that I say on the show I've been thinking a lot lately, like, you know, I can I can probably just say things and not stress to you that I've thought about it before I've said it. Well, but I, have thought I like about to this. think of you just like sitting in a chair, just like mulling these things over. I mean, I do do that. I do mull things over. <laughs> right? Right. I like to think about one thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't like to think about like eight things in an hour. That's too many things. That's too many. Yeah. And But you you talk about eight things in an hour pretty easily. Okay. But it's all stuff Go I've ahead, thought about before. Okay. You cue it up and then, yeah. Okay. But I have been thinking lately about how we live in this weird, like, sort of, you know, how in, like, have you ever read the book Ender's Game? No. And, like, in this book, it's been a long time, time since I've read it, but uh, Ender is, like, this kid who goes to this camp where they make all the kids do these crazy, like, athletic and intelligence-based strategy games. And okay. it turns out in the end that they were just preparing him to be, like, um, a combat pilot the whole time. And a lot of the right. games he was playing were actual combat missions. Yeah. Um, but in that book, his sister is also very brilliant and is like a message board mm-hmm. poster who basically mm-hmm. posts so hard on the internet that she becomes president or something like that. Okay. And in the book, it seems very fanciful. And now it seems kind of prescient, right? It does. Well, I feel like posting... Posting has become uh, has an outside Im- impact on the world and um, becoming powerful. Um, and I, I think I feel like there's a weird phenomenon where increasingly discourse is driven by crazy people, and it's because of the internet, right? Right. Like Richard Hanania, Hanania, that guy. Hanania. I mean, he's frightening to look at right and in the way our society used to be organized people like him would not be allowed at major universities because everyone would be too creeped out right but he makes the, how he looks yeah but the he makes the right kind of <laughs> he makes the right kind of posts to be uh famous among racist rich people right and that's enough. Like, they just need the posts. That's what they care about. And I feel like increasingly, because of that phenomenon, um, our discourse is driven to say crazier and crazier things because that's more profitable. And very powerful people read the posts, right? Like, they read the nonsense and believe it. I think that, I don't know, the, the crazier... Uh people being driven to say crazier things that it has something to do with the way uh, online groups form. Right. I'm just saying it's very much an online phenomenon and now it's drifted over to our politics. Yeah, that's, I I actually, I I truly do think that is Mm -hmm. an online phenomenon, right? No, there, there is an online phenomenon where like, I think it's because you you create like little affinity groups, right? And it's kind of like a little 
you know, bubble or whatever you want to call it, right? Where you're reinforcing each other's thinking. And then the posts that we'll do like best in those groups are kind of like, you know, extreme. They're closer to the extreme than they are to the center of like general society, right? Right. Um, so those are the posts that kind of like take off in those groups. And then it kind of like becomes like an arms race to like, and so it kind of like moves people towards saying like the more extreme, like sort of like red meat for the base type of things. Whereas in the old internet, right. It was just like people uh, that you knew in the world, like on Facebook or whatever. So you weren't going to post some like really fucking out there shit. Right. But now that you're in an affinity group with these like like like-minded political people, then like what you do is you go farther and farther to the extreme until someone says something that's like so crazy, then it blows up and like, you know, they get canceled or whatever. Everyone like dumps on them. So like it used to be the case that you could join a message board and the message board would be about, you know, Fleetwood Mac or something. Right. Yeah. And everyone knew that the objective was to have a really good Fleetwood Mac message board, right? Mm-hmm. And so no one thought that the point of having a Fleetwood Mac message board was to be the person who said that like everyone in the band was gay, right? If you right. posted that, people would be like, what the fuck? What do you know they aren't, right? And then yeah. they just like ban your account. <laughs> but yeah. now if you're like on Twitter and you say that everyone in Fleetwood Mac was gay, people would be like, oh, you know, actually, yeah, right? Like he's conned to something. And then, you know, you know, you're the lol cow or whatever. And that that gives dopamine to people. Like posting things that are incorrect and then having people get mad at you, for a lot of people, that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't feel that way. When people get mad at me on the internet, which happens a lot, I don't like it. I wish you guys agreed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's been kind of a break in that where people don't care about whether what they say is reasonable. They care about whether their DM group will think it's epic to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly something's very broken in the way that Twitter works versus normal. Well, uh, you know, Nazis are editing community groups. notes now, like community notes to some degree <laughs> are run by Nazis. Um, you know, that's not good. I'm interested how they did that. If they, if they had to like, did they have to like get different Nazis strategically p- placed, like have, have Nazis uh, imitate libs and have Nazis, you know, imitate like uh, NIMBYs or YIMBYs or whatever. So, and then like get all these different uh, political, uh, you know, things for the algorithm. And then my understanding is it's just raw upvotes. They're upvoting that note. But the premise of community notes is it's supposed to be like people with diverse viewpoints all vote for the same note. So how do they determine the what diverse is, viewpoints are? Um, well, you could figure it out from like voting history. So like. Um, that doesn't make know, any sense. Notes are either true or they're not. Um, I'm, it, well, the, these are two different things. Uh, notes are either true or they're not. 
However, um, the notes that people vote for or vote against um, are could show you know specific patterns. That sounds that, pretty weak, but that sounds pretty weak, dude. You, no, what do you mean? If I see a note weak? that's true, I rate it true. That's it. Okay, so, um, but, I mean, are we pretending like you don't have any source of, you don't have any bias, like you're just like a how would How would Twitter be able robot? to determine the bias of people? Like, how would they do that? Um, like I'm saying, like m- mathematically based off of prior votes, you can figure it out. No way. <laughs> um, we're, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Like if my votes weren't okay. biased because I was correct, then I'm not biased. So say two people often vote in different directions. There's right. no direction. There's truth or not. Well, <laughs> say two people often disagree on the truth of a particular note. Not a particular note, because you're saying often. <laughs> so they often two, disagree about community notes? Yeah. Two people often disagree about community. About, well, are the community you know, notes correct or not? Notes. You have to adjust for whether they're correct. Mm, no, you don't. You do, because there's false community notes, and then there's true community notes. Right, but uh, what I'm trying to explain is that if two people often disagree and they agree about something, that's a sign that um, it's probably true. If you have diverse <laughs> viewpoints and they all that. coalesce. I don't know if that's true, buddy. <laughs> like. I don't think that's true. So you have to adjust it for whether the notes are true. If there's someone who constantly is agreeing with false. <laughs> that's what you're trying to determine, though. You can't adjust it based on whether. Well, the problem right. is you have false community notes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the problem in general, right? That you're trying to solve algorithmically without having someone to sit there and all, say, all, like, all this you is would true, have to do is, is approve of a lot of community notes, right? Rack that up, right? And then wait for the false one and agree with the false one because you're racist. And get lots of other people to do it. Because what you're saying is, well, if these people, if these two people agree when they haven't agreed before, then the tweet is more likely to be true, right? Right. But if someone is racist, right, the only false community notes they're going to like are the racist ones. So your algorithm is going to show, wow, this really stands out as a community note that this person thinks is true. See what I'm saying? No. So like, let's say this person is constantly seeing liberal claptrap and saying no to it. 
then they see racism and say yes, their algorithm will be like, wow, this community note really knocked it out of the park and was exceptional. And this person said yes to it. And if you flip it around, it's the same thing. Like if this person is saying yes to everything that isn't racist, the algorithm is going to be like, wow, these tweets were particularly bad because usually they don't mind community notes. Um, no. Yes. <laughs> no. So I don't know exactly how the algorithm is coded, of course, right? But one thing that's generally true is that if you average biases, they cancel out, right? So like if you're trying, it's like the wisdom of crowds. So if you're trying to like determine the number of jelly beans in a jar, something like that, right? Some people guess too high, some people guess too low. You average these things together, right? And the air is random, right? So I think the principle is kind of the same. But, but that's not, that might be the principle, right? But as a phenomenon, what it is, is the website has cultivated a base that has too many Nazis in it. Well, okay, so here's what we don't know. Uh, how sophisticated was the manipulation of community notes by these Nazis, right? Did they pretend to vote in a certain way and post in a certain way or, or whatever else the algorithm takes into account uh, for a while in order to, um, you know, manipulate the system? See, How smart were they? Clearly they were able to do it, right? But that so just goes back to my flaw. argument. So like you're saying that they may have just rated community notes normally and then waited until someone somehow posted one that was extremely racist and then upvoted that one. By the way, for our listeners, what happened is uh, as mm. of this episode for the past two days now, um, Nazis have been adding a community note to something about um, the case of the lynching of Leo Frank. They've been, uh, you know, repeatedly over and over posting a community note, which is sourced to like the blog of a neo-Nazi. That's the only source, by the way. For this, all these claims mm -hmm. is a medium post, which I, again, I think community notes is not supposed to work that way. You can't just link to a blog. They had, like, yeah, they had like three sources. Two of the sources don't support the note at all. Right. They're just like, which about is one how of the categories for, for, uh, it's one of the categories for um, dismissing, you know, a community note or not publishing it is the sources they post don't support what it's actually saying. Right. Um, but, uh, so they've added like, you know, it, it keeps changing. So my, my guess is that it gets deleted and then they repost it because the text like keeps repost changing. a new, uh, yeah, I think they're doing that right. Like they, it gets like shot down, but then they create a new community note and maybe like it doesn't have that many ratings. So their, uh, voting power is higher, right? So they can get it posted up. But again, I think just, you know, Occam's razor, 
Uh, on Elon Musk's Twitter, Nazis are putting more effort into false racist community notes than the rest of us are are putting into deleting those notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what happens when you scare off all the pa- a lot of the power users and make them go to Blue Sky or Threads or you know, mm. stop using the internet because, you know, they're sick of seeing Nazis so often, right? Um, Part of it, yeah. You get the audience you want to cultivate, and that's what he's tried to cultivate here is, I mean, he's probably a Nazi to some degree, right? Like, he doesn't like Jewish people for sure. He doesn't? Did he say anything? Uh, I just, I think he probably is not a big fan of Jewish people. That's the vibe mm. I'm getting. Um, Globalists. I mean... He's really into denying that Nazis exist when they get caught, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's clearly he's clearly racist as hell, right? Um, and, you know, in retrospect, you know, he's South African. Um, he's a rich guy from South Africa. It's all It all kinds of add, adds up in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like that kill the... Kill the Boer. Kill the... <laughs> Have you actually listened to it? <laughs> Another thing um, I find interesting about conservatives these days is they're really like wrapped up in like other countries in the Anglosphere and what's going on there, right? Yeah. Like they're super um, into Canada. Like when I was growing up, no one talked about Canada ever, right? But they talk about Justin Trudeau like all the time. Really? Like his div- he's he getting doing... divorced. They're all into that. Mm. Um, he took a picture of with his son at the movie and he thought that it was like they were gay. Like <laughs> they thought that like he accidentally posted a photo of his boyfriend. Ah. Um, they're so they're so, you know, people are really they got some sexual hangups, man. Hmm. Right, American conservatism has some serious sexual hangups. Hmm. Let's see here. You when I'm sit, you when I'm dream. So fast, kitty, the boy. So fast, kitty, the daddy, kitty, kitty, kitty. He did say kiss there. Kiss? He did say kiss the boar there. Kiss the boar? I thought it was kill the boar. These are very different. You heard him. He said kiss. Well, why is everyone mad then? Kiss the boar. I think they're reading between the lines. That sounds nice. He did say shoot to kill, right? Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, this is a song that this particular person has been singing for 15 years. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. thing. Like. Okay, so, so we should explain what the fuck we're talking about. Um, there was um, concert 
what was that political rally? Sure. Where they were, and they were uh, they, they had this song they sing where they say kill, kill the, the boar, kill the farmer, right? Kill the boar, right? Which is white uh, landowners in South in Africa. South Africa, you know, and they had apartheid there. Here's how here's my take on it. And it's part of their history. God. None of my beeswax is my take on stop, it. Stop oh, being some... snowflakes, okay? It's their heritage. It it really is none of my business what happens in South Africa. Like it's it's weird to me that conservatives are so worried about these white farmers in South Africa, right? You know, when since when do you care about like foreign policy? Right? Do you well, care about like what's going on in Myanmar? You know? Yeah. It's it's like they want to Americify other countries' problems. Hmm. Um, I was in the airport and some lady was really upset about the euthanasia policy in Canada. Right? She was like explaining mm-hmm. to her family that Canada's killing all their people, right? I'm like, who the fuck cares what Canada's doing? What impact does that have on my life? Hmm. Right? Yeah. Second of all, I don't really have a problem with euthanasia, right? Well, but that's just it, isn't it? Like, you don't care what's happening in Canada because you don't care about euthanasia. What if they were, I don't know, outlawing abortion? I, I would be upset. I would want them not to yeah. do that. You'd be but there's lots of your countries around the, the world that change their abortion laws, and I don't think about it very much. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, America is really my concern as far as abortion laws go right now, right? Like, I'm sure Hungary's changed them, made them way worse, mm-hmm. right? I'm just trying to keep my eye on the ball here. American abortion policy is really my jam right now. But we can both say... That calling for the deaths of white farmers, whether it's in, you know, Piscataway or <laughs> South Africa, Johannesburg, is dead wrong. Well, in a it vacuum, has no place in the political discourse. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? In a vacuum, sure. If you phrase it in that a way. vacuum, oh, go. Well, it is depends there, on what the farmers did. Right? Yeah. The other thing about this song is apparently the idea Depends that on, like okay. farmers are getting murdered is not true. Like there aren't there isn't a wave of violence against farmers. Like the the death rate for South African farmers is pretty static. Okay. Um, and also like it's not the safest place to live in general. Sure. I mean, the farmers could be killed by numerous other causes. So that's important to factor in. Well, I just think South African farmers being murdered, there's probably like a baseline rate for that to happen. Baseline rate. It's not like it's not like they're in like fucking you Sounds know, like you're trivializing Kansas. it. What? Sounds like you're trivializing it a little bit. The baseline rate of uh, white farmer murder. Oh, you think? Just got to factor that in. The white farmer murder rate in South Africa is way, way below my line in terms of things to care about. Yeah. Um, if it was the white farmer homicide victim rate in Kansas, I'd be interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I feel like. What about you know, the black farmer murder rate 
in South Yeah, they never Africa. talked about that. But right? would you care, Matt? In South Africa? Yeah. What if they just started, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to tell you farmers. minor changes in the homicide rate of South Africa is below my line. I do not really care about that. I got, you know, I got to say, I think um, you're giving the algorithm a lot of, lot to work with here in terms of what uh, algorithm. Well, I don't know. Uh, it's just, it seems like people say you should kill white farmers in South Africa. Not a big deal. People say euthanasia is bad in Canada, not a big deal, but abortion, ooh, all of a sudden other countries matter. No, but I'm saying like, if it was an issue you cared about, if it wasn't your country, like you still care about Uyghurs in China. Yeah, because like that's different. Like, yeah. That's worse. Genocide's bad. Yeah. The the, the Calls for political violence are bad. You know, doesn't matter the race or the country really. It's I just, just like not something you should do. I don't, you know, people say racist stuff all around the world. Right. So, and it's bad. If, if South Africa was making concentration camps for these farmers, I would be very upset. Yeah. Or if they were calling for the deaths of black farm. I mean, if, if white people were doing that in South Africa saying like, kill the black farmer Hey, don't worry. It's part of our history. Like you would not buy that. Well, first of all, I, I recommend they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're outnumbered. <laughs> but I wouldn't really like. There's like all kinds of neo-Nazi movements in Europe that I barely think about. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, why don't you just say it's bad? Like, don't do that. Right? It's bad. None of that. I mean. I think it's probably like it's dumb, bad it's a dumb to thing say, for them to the, be doing. Kill the boar. I think they should probably retire that song. I think that song probably during apartheid, I probably would have been okay with it. Yeah. Um, but apartheid's been gone for a while. It's probably time to retire that one. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not good for healing. Right? No. Truth and reconciliation. Yeah, it's like truth, reconciliation, and retiring of certain songs. <laughs> yeah. But like, as I said, like, you know. Um, Your community note status just bumped up right now. I just I don't say. think, I just, I think that it's a Republican thing nowadays where they seem to think a lot about uh, what's going on around the world to white people hmm. when they used to not care as much, in my opinion. That's that's where we're going to have to invade Canada is because white people Jesus are being oppressed Christ, there. Man, like, Canada absolutely should be part of the U.S. Hmm. It's so stupid, right? Hmm. Have you ever like looked at a population map of Canada? Would we be lib or would they just be stupider? What? What? Would if, they make if, like, our country Canada, more if, liberal? Yeah. Or would we have just like stupefied them by now? Um. I mean, we definitely made them dumber al- already, right? Like, yep. If the United States didn't exist, Canada would be much better. Right. Um. <laughs> they're getting dumber, right? 
They're definitely, I mean, they had their own trucker convoy, right? Their, their Republicans are increasingly becoming Americanized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like and, Africanized uh, bees or something. But I just think about it in terms of, it's kind of stupid to break up the two countries. Because if you look at a population map of Canada, they're all on the border. They're all right there. Really? Wow. Um, there's very few cities in Canada that are like in the middle of their state, hmm. let alone the north of their state. It gets real cold there. Because it gets fucking cold, right? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, fucking like the fucking part of Canada that just crawls under Michigan, you know? Mm-hmm. That should that should all be one state. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently that like the, the tough, like the most crime ridden city in Canada is the one that's right under Detroit. Most, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like the, the Juarez like of Canada of Detroit or whatever. Yeah. And like, that's a phenomenon too. Every time that something is under us, Right. Like Tijuana and Juarez, we go there to commit crimes so often that the city itself becomes criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our bad, right? Our bad on that one. But I feel like Mexico. that problem could be taken care of. You just combine them into one thing. Yeah, it's annex Canada. Or if El Paso like annexed Juarez, right? Mm-hmm. All right, what are the topics we got? Uh, oh. oh, I have allergies. What's that about? It's like the immune system overreacting to shit. It's bullshit, dude. Innocuous. It's such bullshit. Yeah. There's so much stuff our body does that's bullshit. It's true. Like, like stubbing your toe, right? Your body overreacts to that almost every time. Like, I get it. Right? Like, I get yeah. it. I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, like, right? this could be half as painful and I would get it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what's not the payoff like, there? It's not like the toe isn't going to work anymore. We still have a toe. Like, or calm like, down. Or, like, people who get shot, like, in their in their stomach, in their abdomen. Like, mm. they always say that it was, like, the worst pain they've ever experienced. Right? Hmm. But like, why? Like, we, I get it. Well, I've been shot that, there. Mm, you've been shot in the gut. No, if, if I was shot in my abdomen and I felt this yeah. unimaginably gigantic pain, you could dial that down forty percent, and I would still get the message that this is bad. That is pretty bad, though. Yeah, but what's what do I get out of that much pain? I mean, that's true. Um, I don't know that it, yeah, I don't know that it helps if it was half as painful, you'd still probably avoid it. Right. Um, so good point by me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. I mean, the body, it, yeah, it's just doing its thing. Um, and then like, you know, you get an injury and, um, it, 
swells, which actually prevents the healing. Uh huh. So you have to unswell injuries. it. That's what so, you're supposed yeah, to do. That that's when you put ice on it. Because the body is like stupidly trying to prevent infection, not knowing that we have antibiotics. So you put ice on it and it like fucks it up and then it heals faster. This took me until like my 30s to understand mm-hmm. that the human body, when it makes us swollen, that's just all a mistake. <laughs> well, I mean, not if you don't have antibiotics because you could get infected and die, right? But the swelling is not always about infection, right? You can have a huge I amount of swelling with no um, damage to your skin. Well, it's it's prophylactic, right? It's, uh, so if I prevent. sprain my ankle and it swells up, it's trying to prevent an infection? Yeah. From what? Well, like if you broke your ankle toward the skin, I don't know, like... Oh, um, so it's sort of guessing. Yeah. At what sort of injury I have? Right. It doesn't actually know. Uh, I I sort of get it. I get yeah. it now. It's all just kind of like you know ballparking it. It's like eh, some shit happened. You know. Yeah. So I sprained some something and like that could have been broken. We don't know. Right. right. Just yeah, get those blood cells over there. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Get at them, boys. But if Slow I know. It up. That I have antibiotics, then I have to bring the ice in play. Okay, it makes sense. I take it back. I think looking at it, see, I'm admitting I was wrong, right? I sort you of think see what it. the body is doing there, right? Your body is a marvelous piece of machinery. The the body has limited information, right? It's not the body and the brain are separate. The body the body does things that the brain can't take care of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I think it's cool. Like the body can like kill viruses with like little nanobots. Oh my God. The programming our body can do. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Like, oh, we've seen that virus before. And then it remembers how to handle it. Right. Even like you try to make like a part of a bone or whatever. And it's like such a pain in the ass and it doesn't work right. You know, the body just, you know, whips one up. Have you been trying to do that lately? <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to replace one of my bones. Do you with, got uh, it like titanium. what's what's behind you there? Like the softball in the vagina? The softball in the vagina? Yeah. You're talking about my ceiling fan? No, it's that thing behind you. Oh, um, yeah, that's a that's a lamp that uh, my girlfriend gave me. Oh, she gave it to you. She did, yeah. For your office? Mm-hmm. Does it turn on like is that is the it does yeah the ball the ball, the ball. glows um so the arms don't light up no those are just like um I don't know what the fuck it is it's like wooden some sort of plant matter that's been what's swirled the, around what's the vibe that's trying to achieve we'll post a picture of it guys i think it's going for kind of like sophisticated but like faux sophisticated like a um mounted deer head on the wall that's made out of cardboard actually my dog is banging the bowl around is that is that a euphemism we gave her a bath today and when she gets a bath like the rest of the day she's just frisky as hell you know Mm. um 
which I think is great. I'm glad that she reacts to that like with a love for life. Joie de vivre. My 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 other dog, he he hates water on him in any way. When I give him a bath, I'm gonna admit it, once a year. Hmm. And he will pout for days afterwards. Wow. Probably needs that bath though. Hmm? He probably needs it after a year. He does. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's a short-haired dog, so it's a little better. Is yeah. that it? Are we done? We're done. Oh, 